welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Again, those of you who are visiting for the first time, I hope you sense the Lord here. I know you, if your heart is searching for him, you'll find him here for sure. Uh, you're not here by any accident. You're here because the sovereign God has led you here. And if you would open your heart to him today, he will do in your life what he has done in every true Christian's life. He will come into that in the most powerful way to the Holy Spirit. And uh, he, will, he will live in, within you and give you his presence and give you his mind for every aspect of life. Amen. That's why being a Christian is so fantastic. We don't have to fight this whole war on our own. Amen. We do fight, but we don't fight on our own. We fight with something that's far greater. We fight with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And uh, one with God is always the majority. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to share with you this morning um, just a thought. <clears throat> Jesus in Matthew 16. Lord, let me pray for us. Lord, I just ask you this morning in, in my own weakness. God, I pray that you will show yourself great again, Lord. And that your name will be exalted in this pulpit. And your people's hearts will be cheered. And they will go out, Lord, with confidence, Lord. And they will go out with shouts of joy and victory, Lord God. And they will live a life, Lord, uncompromisingly serving you and living for you. And to that end, I preach your word, O oh God. And I pray that you would have all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Patrick, thank you for the wonderful um, uh, presentation this morning. Uh, they're already a success. Even if those couple of families come together, the presence of God's going to fill those homes. Prayers are going to go up. Darkness is going to get pushed back in that area. Even people won't even understand why in that area things are getting better. Delinquency will fall. Amen. Antisocial behavior will fall. Marriages will start to heal. Why? Because there is light and life happening and radiating in the spiritual realm. And even God will draw men unto himself. Amen. So there's multiple things happen when we satellite out the testimony of the Lord. And never ever underestimate when the saints of God come together to build. Amen. Never underestimate what God will do. Even with the humble beginning. Despise not the day of small beginnings. I want to tell you this is something that the Lord wants to do in your, in your home. And as he stirs your heart, answer the call. And he will bless you for that. Amen. Um, I've talked the bound to Christ, so I'm bound to win this morning. Amen. Uh, Matthew 16, 19, Jesus says this verse, is that I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Interesting. I've got to come back to those scriptures just to put them into your mind at the moment. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 8, Moses given instruction to the, to the Jews uh, quite a forgetful people because they had seen so much they forgot so quickly. But again, it's not them. That's an issue for humanity, isn't it? And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be frontlets between thine eyes. Um, it's interesting. What God was saying to Moses, because of the forgetful nature of the people, he was saying the word of God, the scriptures, are meant to be close to your heart. And so what the Jews did, they would get little like headbands and they would have little scriptures of God's promises and, and, and God's truth. They'd write them out and they would, they would scroll them up and they would put them on the frontlets on their forehead. 
you know, to say that the scriptures are, 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 are around my head, around my mind, that there's very important things. And sometimes even around the hand as well, they would have them, little scriptural messages that they would, times of discouragement, because maybe they didn't have a Bible with, at that time. No, they didn't. They didn't have, like we had the accessibility parchments, and they would write words what God said and what God did. And, 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 and they were bound around them, you know, so that their mind was understanding that they were bound to what God said. It's very important, Christian, for that, we, that we bind ourselves to God. That we bind ourselves to the Word of God. You know, the Bible tells us in John chapter 1, of course, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And of course, the Word in many aspects is not just the, 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 the letters of your Bible, even though that is the Word of God. The Word is a person. So we, when we talk about being bird bound to the word it's not just bound to a word it's been it's bound to the word of that person and the person is christ so it's his word we're bound to his word and when you're bound to his word friends you draw down the the glories of all what those promises and truths uh, uh, declare over your life otherwise when you don't bind yourself to them they don't become effectual for your life i think of the great story and i know this is eclectic it'll come together i promise you there's a great story in Genesis 32, I think it's 30, 32 verse 22, where the story of Jacob, as we know, he's, you know, Jacob is a twister and he's, he's a defrauder and he's, he's got many things that are not quite right, but he does want what's right and he went about it the wrong way, many of us know the story. But on the eve of him meeting up with his brother who's out ready to kill him because he had defrauded his brother of his birthright and uh, for, for, for wanted the right things but did it all the wrong way. I, you know what, there's probably not a person here that can't relate to Jacob in some way, in some level. There's something in your life from the, at the time you were two years old right up to now that you wanted something that was right, but you went about it the wrong way. Amen. You might have wanted uh, something for school and you pinched somebody else's. I, I remember there was a, a guy in my class as a kid, I'll never forget it because he had this lovely eraser, you know, for rubbing out the pencils, you know. And, and, and it was really nice. It was sporty looking. And, and I was so wanted. And it was, you know, you know stupid old thing. But I wanted, because I, want I didn't have one. I wanted the right thing. I needed it. But I went about it the wrong way. I won't tell you what I did. But I went about it the wrong way. And alas, this poor fellow was looking for his eraser for a long time. Until I decided to make it appear with my initials on it. To say, oh, no, no. My mom and dad bought me one. And my initials are on it, you know. And uh, I, I wanted the right thing, but the wrong way. And, uh, and so many of us have done these things. We try to manipulate life. We try to do it the wrong way about it. And, and, and it's, it's horrendous because it seeds something into your life. It seeds something into your personality, your character. It doesn't go away. Those things begin to distort. When you start to lie and thief at the youngest ages, it's not a good sign. We don't teach our children to lie and, and steal for very good reasons. That it produces a monster. It produces something that gets out of control very, very quickly. Jesus said, don't be deceived. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So you sow those things into your life. You're going to be fighting a massive devil uh, later on as you grow and you have greater capabilities. And I want to tell you, it won't be the principal coming to talk to you. It'll be the policeman and the court system and far worse than that again. And so Jacob, you know, he, he's there and, and, and the angel of the Lord comes and, and manifests himself. So it's, a, it's a really manifestation of Jesus and he wrestles with, with, with Jacob. And it's a very unusual scripture. No matter what way you try to read, it's very unusual what's going on there. But he has this encounter with God. 
And he knows there's something dynamic. Of course, he doesn't fully understand the ramifications of who he's wrestling, other than this is, this is human, but not human. This is a little bit beyond me. He's, he hasn't all his theologies worked out, and he certainly hasn't understand all the magnitude of an encounter with God. But there's, it, there's this wrestling. He won't let him go. And, and he, you know, in the, in the wrestle, and you can read, read it yourselves. I don't want to go into the scriptures. It's familiar to you. In that wrestling, there's this, you know, if you ever watch wrestling, you bind yourself to your opposition. And that's what, it's a binding too. It's a, it's a, it's a grappling with and a binding. And in, in Jacob's heart, he said, I don't know everything about you, but I know one thing. I'm not letting you go. I'm binding myself to thee until you bless me. There's a, there's a sense of the, rest, the wrestling here, a wrestling as they would have said in the old days, of, of, of binding yourself through. So I will not let go of the word of God or what God has said to me until I see it happen. And there's this, there's this uh, fight going on. Sometimes we need to lose the shackles, loosen the shackles of our mind because our mind has not been controlled by the word of God. We are listening to all the wrong voices. We have, we, we're, we're, we're putting hats for Adidas and Liverpool on our heads. Maybe we should be putting our Bible on our head, amen? You know what I'm saying. We're listening to the imagery and, and, and the, the narrative of, of ungodly men and women that are filling our minds with wrong pattern, wrong ideals, with, wrong, with a wrong sense of what's success even, a, a wrong idea of what makes you happy. And so there needs to be a binding again of the Christian to the Word of God. I'm going to read from a poem towards the end, but one of the lines of the poem is, I have not bound myself to my grief. I have not bound myself to my fears and my disappointments, my failures or my anger. And maybe this morning there's some here and you're bound to that. You, you have bound yourself to the wrong thing. You've bound yourself to what other people say about you. You bound yourself to how you were characterized as a child. Uh, he was always a naughty boy. Uh, he, was, he was always rude or crude. You understand what people say? Ah, you were always a dunce. You were always silly. You, you never amount to anything in life. And all of a sudden you get bound to a storyline that has that set the direction of your life. And God is saying that needs to be broken in you. Because that's what Jacob did. Jacob bound himself to a whole legacy of failure. Everything he did, even though when it got blessed, it was always like, it was like eating an apple and biting into it. And there was a worm in it. There was always something. There was always some sour at the end of his cup. There was always something raining on his parade. All it had followed him. It followed him all the way through. And so many Christians live like that. You live in a place where you're, you're, you're bound to a wrong thinking. You're bound to wrong ideas. You're, you're bound into the, into, the, into the lower thinking of who you are and who God says you are. And that's why God said to the Jews, you need to recall the scriptures. You need to bind yourself to the word of God. You need to understand what God says about you. You know, and much of the confusion that we see around us, even in our, in our modern world, and now even in the ranks of Christian evangelical churches, is because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God therein, Jesus said. There's an era coming into millennial Z generation and whatever we call our generations, boomer generations, that is not biblical because we're not bound to God's word anymore. We're not, we're, not, we're not drawing from the word of God. And because you don't know the word of God, you don't know the power therein. I've talked to so many young people falling foul to the woke agenda. Why? Because they don't read the scriptures. They're going on their feelings all the time. 
You know, Jesus said of his generation, this is his generation, to what should I compare this generation to, but to children in the marketplace. He was talking about men and women that are acting like children with childish thinking that were driven by their emotions. He said, I played a happy song and you didn't dance. I played a song, sad song and you didn't mourn. That was, he was pointing out a generation of men and women acting like children. I want to tell you, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the end days, friends. When you don't bind yourself to the Word of God, when you don't understand what God says, when you're not listening to the Word of God, when you're not holding on to the Word of God, you're binding yourself to a lower thinking. Drives you, brings you away from God. And I can't help but begin to respect that Jacob said, I have enough of this. Maybe this morning, someone here says, you know, I've been so bound by my failures in the past. I've been so bound by the things that have caricaturized me, the things that seem to have formed my personality, formed my education, my socioeconomic outlook, my cultural views and value systems. And I want to say culture is great as long as it lines up with God. And if it doesn't, you kick it out. Jesus said of his cultural generations to the Jews, you fools bound up in your traditions and your laws. As long as it's not what God says, friends, I tell you, we, need, we do good. We do right by ourselves to kick it out and bind ourselves to what God says. Binding ourselves to Christ. Putting all our lot in with him. Putting everything into his word. At the end of the day, who are you going to believe? Woman's Own Magazine? Just 16, just 17 magazine girls? Is that what you want to take your bottom line from? The political magazines? The political agendas of politicians? Is that what you want to put your confidence in? The scientific fraternity, the educational system. Is that where you want to put your confidence in? Do you want to put your confidence in in your six or seven friends that you know begin to determine what life is? Is that really where you want to put your confidence in? Do you want to put your confidence in yourself? Of course you know it all. Of course you're all singing and all dancing. God help you. That's what poor old Jacob did. And he had a measure of success for a while, but it brought him to brokenness. And eventually he said, I need to bind myself to them. I will not leave this man go. I need to bind myself to him. And God, and that is the heart cry of every Christian that wants to progress in the Christianity. I need to get back to the word of God. I need to bind myself to the promises of God. I need to hear what God has to say. Man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. I am bound to Christ, bound to Christ. I'm loose from self. This is the grace of God. Romans 6, Paul tells us, he said, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Have you bound yourself to your failures of the past or even your failures of the present? Paul in Romans 7 says, We are married to the risen Christ. That word married means to be bound to. Peter in his epistles opens up and says, Peter, bound to Christ, the bond servant, bound to Christ. These are men that began to understand that I'm not bound to anything else as a Christian. I'm only bound to one. I'm not married to two people in the spirit. I'm married to one. Man will not live by bread, but every word that comes out from his mouth. And that's how the Christian, that's the Christian's way of living. This is God's way of victory for you. If I'm bound to Christ, then I'm bound to my brothers and sisters in Christ. What a beautiful thing. 
Why is it this morning that many of you, most of you who would not even have known the characters that were on stage or in video and you're born again, you felt bound to them. You felt drawn to them. Why? Because it's a spiritual binding. You're brought into the body of Christ. You're networked in through the Holy Ghost into this mystical body. You don't even know where they're from. You don't, well, you do now, but you don't know anything about them. Other than there's something in the Spirit that binds your hearts. Why is it, Christian, that just a few, last week I met a lovely couple here over there somewhere from Holland, and straight away you just, in the Spirit, felt bound that this was a, these were godly people, and you just knew it in the Spirit. There's something that transcends, that, that brings us into unity. If I'm bound to Christ, you find it when you meet another Christian. You might have a doctrinal difference or two. Who cares? There is something far greater than a doctrinal difference. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that brings us into fellowship together. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to be bound to Christ, to be bound to his body, bound to his church. I'm bound to the purposes of God if I'm bound to Christ. You cannot say, I love Christ, but I don't love his church. You can say, I can't love Christ, I don't love truth. You can't say, I love Christ, but I really don't love the Bible. The Bible is his word. <laughs> you know? yeah, I, I love Christ, but I don't love some of the things about him. No, no, no. Doesn't work that way. Jesus said, if you love me, if you're bound to me in love, you keep my commandments. And that sometimes is a huge dying in us, isn't there? There's a, there's a death has to come in us to, to really trust the Lord, to really trust him and to really begin to commit to his word, friends. It's, and today, more than any other time in history, when everything in the kitchen sink has been thrown at the Christian church, everything to bring down the gospel, everything to bring your mind to a lower place, you know, and, I, and I want, I'm not going to say it's light and easy to manifest God in such a perverse and difficult time. But I want to tell you, Christian, the alternative doesn't bear even consideration. It doesn't. When I look at the utter confusion, when I look at the utter unhappiness, I see these men and women rising up with another view. Serving another God of their own making, an anapromorphic God, a God of their own making, a God of their own understanding, a God that has been dreamt out of their own dreams, a God that you know, does everything according to their view of life. And I want to see the results of that in their lives. There's no peace, there's no joy, they're full of anxiety, full of sin, justifying sin right, left and center. Oh, it's my truth. Well, I want to tell you, let's see how far that gets you. It'll get you nothing but anguish and pain. I'd, I'd say that with, with a broken heart this morning. It brings nothing, there's nothing at the end of that rainbow, let me tell you, but death and destruction. There's no crock of gold there, friends. But with the Christian that binds himself to God, that binds himself to the Word of God, he begins to experience the love and the joy and the peace and the kindness and the meekness and the self-control that only he can give. Hallelujah. I'm not bound by my failures or sin. Thanks be to God. Paul tells us that the law has died. The law is what keeps a record of your sin. And when that died, friends, God says, I don't keep a record of your sin. And I have all the grace in the cross of Christ to purge you from all unrighteousness. The Bible says he healed the broken heart and he binded up their wounds. Jeremiah 3.14 says, Return, O backsliding children, and say to the Lord, I am married to you. I am bound to you. 
Oh, you might be backsliding of heart. You might be watching online. You might be sitting here this morning. You might be angry with things I'm saying. But I want to see what you want to bind yourself to. You want to bind yourself to. You're not binding yourself to me. Bind yourself to him. Say, Lord, I'm married to you. And Lord, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, I'm going to accept your word this morning. I bind them as frontals around my head, around my hand. I will recall the mercies of God. I will recall the promises of God. I will remember what God has said about me. I will remember the cross. I will rem- remember the resurrection. I will remember the day. And this is the testimony of every Christian. Every true Christian has a testimony. A day when Christ came into their lives. A day when everything began to change. A day when a new creature was made and the old was gone. Amen. Every Christian has that testimony. If you don't have that testimony, you're just a religious person. But you can't experience that testimony. Some of you grew up in the church and you imbibed the atmosphere and you imbibed the worship and you kind of got hold of the doctrines, but you never made it your own. I want to tell you, bind yourself to it. Say it right now, I am bound to Christ. This is who I'm putting my lot in with this morning. I think it's wonderful. Declare yourself. Come out of your closet and say, oh, I am with him today. He is mine. I am bound to him and he is bound to me. Romans 6 says we were buried with him in baptism. What have you bound yourself to? Your fears, your disappointments, your failures? Are you going to let that determine who you are? The Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. Bind yourself to Christ, his cross, his word, his life. The Bible says be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? That's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul writes this. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind in the word of God. Going back to Deuteronomy. Remembering. They wrote it. They put it on. They literally wore it so they wouldn't forget it. They literally wore the word of God so they wouldn't forget the promises and the purposes of God for their life. Because they understood what they were like. They're wayward and they're no different than us, friends. You are renewed in your mind, friends. You're renewed as you come into the presence of God. Your heart is Christ, but free your mind. Free your mind today. Speak what God says about you. Can you say amen this morning? Don't repeat the lie. You are not worthless. You're not the worst Christian You're not the lowest of the low, friends. You're the apple of his eye. And it's not that I say that, it's he says that. Here's a beautiful scripture, I love it. It comes from the Ecclesiastes, oh my dove, which is in the cleft of the rock, talking about you and I. In the secret place of the stair, let me see your face. Let me see your countenance. Let me hear your voice, for sweet is your voice. What beauty the Lord says to us. What beautiful descriptions that he puts in his affections towards you and I today. Hallelujah. Speak what God says about you, about your circumstances, about your problems, about your failures, about your fears. What does the Bible say about your problems? He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of everyone. That's the word of God. That's bringing God's word back in. You know, I'm not saying we escape afflictions. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but the Lord will deliver you out of everyone. Hallelujah. That's what the scripture says. Failures. Oh, I have so many failures, Pastor. Not just problems, I've got so many personal failures. But the Bible says, though my heart condemns me, he's greater than my heart. That's another scripture. And some people don't realize that because you're defining yourself purely by your failure. When the word of God says, oh, I'm greater than your heart. 
He's greater than even when you condemn yourself. He says, no, 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 son. You, you need to bind yourself to what I'm saying. No, daughter, you need to bind yourself. You need to hear me today. Because if you don't hear me, you're binding yourself to a wrong story. You're binding yourself to a lower thinking. And I want to tell you, it's time for the Christians to start thinking higher, looking higher, believing higher. My fears, I'm so bound to fear. I'm so, I'm so held captive to things that, I've, that I fear in my life. It can be anything, friends. You know what you are, what things you fear. But the Bible does say that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. So you can say, oh, you know, I'm going to hold on to that scripture. I'm going to believe this, oh God, until I begin to see that this fear lift from me. I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. You have not given me a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. Jesus, the name given to you that calms our fears, that bids our sorrows to cease. Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bound, if you bind yourself to a narrative about yourself that is true in the natural but completely untrue in the eyes of God, then you're on the wrong side. You can't do it. You need to break away. Because whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And the very minute you say, I own that scripture. I bind myself to the word of God. I embrace what God says about me. I fully, fully accept what the Lord is saying about my past, my present, and my future. Let me tell you what happens. Something happens in the spiritual realm above you. Not of you, of him. It's not you breaking anything. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. And so he says, will you believe what I have to say to you? Will you embrace what I'm saying and trust me for the breakthrough? And if there's even a journey from, the, from, from point A to point B, and even though it tarries, as Haggai says, it will happen. Something is happening in me. God is doing something in me. Throw off the shackles of your mind. And your misleading emotions. They're very tricky things. They can be 100% right, friends, only when they're bound in God's word. When we're in the house of God and we're worshiping, our emotions can get the better of us. But I want to tell you one thing, what a great way to get your emotions to get the better of you. At least it's in the presence of God. Hallelujah. It's in faith. It's in, it's in embracing what God is saying and doing in the sense of his spirit. Don't tell me that you cannot be emotionally affected when God begins to move in your life. If you are, you're dead or you're a robot. Everything about you and I is loved by God. He made you with emotions. But he doesn't want us to be driven by them. Hallelujah. The Bible, that great hymn writer says, Thine eye declared a diffused a quickening ray. I walked the dungeon unbound, free. Bind it on your hands. Hold on to Christ as Jacob did. Bind yourself to his promises. Bind yourself to his character. Don't let it go, friends. Don't move left or right. Lose yourself from the law of death, which is someone, the law can be anything. For the Jew, we knew what that was. But the law can be any other person's view in life that's not God's, including your own. It's a new law. It's my social structure law. It's the law of my family. It's my cultural law. It's how I view life and success and strength. Everything becomes a law in itself. And you metric yourself by that. I want to say we are only to what God says we are. And we come under what he says. Loose yourself from the law through your union with Christ. Because when you're united with Christ, Paul says there is no law. There is no law. 
I think about the temptations of our Savior. Christ in his temptation didn't bind himself to his hunger or his physical distress, but to his heavenly Father. And what God, he knew that it was the Spirit led him into that place and he knew it was the Holy Spirit was going to lead him out. So he said, I bind myself to the will of the Godhead. Satan comes to him, he says, after 40 days in that wilderness, and he was powerfully hungry, the scripture said, and faint. If you worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. Ah, but Jesus was bound to the word. You get behind me, Satan, for you shall. No, so he's, he said, for it is written. It is written. It is written, friends. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Man shall not live. It is written. He knew his word. He bound himself to the word as a man. He, you see him as a boy of 12, opening the scriptures and confounding the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple with his knowledge. He bound himself to the promises of God. He understood that it was a battle of faith, even as a natural man, in his natural capacities of a man, he would bind himself to the promises of God. He would bind himself to the character. He would bind himself to the will of God. And there's nothing greater than that, friends. When you begin to live into that victory, something happens. He came to him a second time and says, if you worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. He says, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He came to him the third time and he brought him to the pinnacle of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself off, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you and they will bear you up lest your foot get dashed against a stone. Announce yourself. Prove yourself. You don't need to announce and you don't need to prove anything, friends. I'm not even tempted to be proved. I know who I am. You don't need to argue every line with everyone in the rock about what you believe, friends. You can just smile peacefully and say, well, I don't want to argue with you. I have a friend in Jesus. I, I know where I'm going when I die. If you want to know more about it, come talk to me. But you know, I'm not in, I don't need to prove anything to you. All the proof has already happened here. I'm a new creation in Christ. We sang it at the start. The old is gone, there's new life. <laughs> I live not by faith, but by sight. Amen. And then start singing like you and skip away clapping as you leave them. Amen. There is a new name written on the glory. It is my... Oh, I'll tell you, there's something when the confidence hits your spirit of who you are, when you're bound to what Christ said, when you bind yourself to his word. No other voice matters, friends. Pastors don't matter. Well, we do to a point. Other people matter to a point. It's not that we are discarding of people. But that's not the issue. It's what he says about me. What his word. And you know, you can live in great victory if you know, if you know that word. If you open up, how many people today are they're becoming opinionated and they don't know the word of God? And I'm talking about Christians. You know, so you, 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 we, some people are imagining what God is saying and thinking what God is saying, and they're not found in His Word. They don't, they're not taught in the Scriptures. That's why it's so important. That's why these house groups are so important. That's why coming to church and being disciples is so important. That's why reading your Bible and prayer is so important for the Christian. It's lifelines for victory for your life. They're graces that God gives to you. And Jesus said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God in answer. It is written, He knew the Word. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And don't you be tempted to have to always justify who you are and what you are and why you are. 
Amen. You and I don't need to be tempted into any wars with the, this present generation. You don't need to climb down from what you are. You don't need to fall to a lower thinking. You say, well, that's the way you want to live your life. But I found something higher. Hallelujah. I've, I, I bind myself to what he says about me. I bind myself to what he says about this world. Male and female, he created them. That's what he said. I bind myself to what God says. I roll in with 7,000 years of world history and climbing and growing. What are you binding yourself to in closing? Your failures? Other people's failures? The lies of the enemy? Your feelings? Some here are bound by sorrow. But I'm not bound. No, I am bound to Christ. I am bound to rise and I am bound for glory. And I am bound by a new identity. Hallelujah. I bind myself to that identity. I bind myself to the old God. I bind myself to the risen Christ. I bind myself to the blood that speaks a better word. I bind myself by what God says, not what I feel. I'm not bound by my past. The past is not the standard. Hallelujah. The past comes for nothing. It's about the new life that's come in Jesus' name. It comes for nothing. It's only the new man that matters. And that man is free, guiltless, forgiven, pardoned, loved, defended, provided, and comforted. The new man is seated with Christ in heavenly places. He is not bound, but he is free. You are the most freest being on this planet. But you need to have a revelation of how free you are. You need to pray. Maybe you're still bound by fear. You need to say, God, your word is true. Let all men be liars. So my feelings are lying to me right now. But Lord, I need a revelation. I think of an old story I used to share when I teach covenant to pastors. And it's a true story. They did an experiment many years ago with a, with a large river pike. Pike is a predatory fish. Very big mouth, loads of teeth. He's the one that the salmon, everybody's scared of the pike. He's the shark of the fresh water. And they got this large pike and they put him into an aquarium. And they fed him his favorite minnows every day. They throw them in life and he scoot after him, eat them, eat them. He just. But eventually, one day, as an experiment to see how the psychology of different animals change, they, they partitioned the aquarium. So he, the, the, the aquarium now with, with a sheet of glass. So he, he's got restricted movement, but not so much. He can still swim around. But then on the other side of the glass, they popped the minnows in. And, and he would see them and he would hit off the glass. He hit off the glass. He would hit off the glass. Days went by and the, the, the fish began to starve. And they could see his movement became slower. He became more resigned to the fact that he can't get hold of this. It's impossible. He's defined by this piece of glass. But then as the experiment went on, they lifted the sheet of glass. And now the minnows were swimming around the pike. They were even swimming by his mouth and over his nose. Well, he hasn't got a nose, but it looks like a nose. Passed his gills around his mouth. And actually, in fact, they were passing. As he was opening his mouth, they were passing through his mouth. 
And that fish died of starvation, went belly up, even though there was an abundance of minnows around him because he believed that he couldn't eat them. He believed an, a lie that I can't do this. He was defined by that. And I want to tell you, friends, you and I are defined, defined by the word of God. We are bound to the truths that God says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am a new creature. I am bound to Christ. I am bound to win. Hallelujah. The new man is seated with Christ in the heavenly places. He is not bound. You are free. I am free. I am not bound to my sorrows, friends. I read this. Uh, I sent this to my mother after my dad died because it was a, a line of a poem that I found beautiful, written by Henry Ward Beecher. And it was actually a poem that he wrote after the death of a loved one. Because some here this morning, you're bound to your grief. You're defined by it. You're brokenhearted. You can be bound by a traumatic experience, the loss of someone deep to you and loving to you. And this is what he writes as a Christian man. Even for the dead, I will not bind my soul to grief. Dead cannot long divide. For is it not as though the rose that climbed my garden wall has blossomed on the other side? Death doth hide, but not divide. But thou art on Christ's other side. Thou art with Christ, and with Christ, and Christ with me. In Christ united still are we. You see, when you bind yourself to the word of God, even death has no victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I bind myself to thee, Jesus. I bind myself to thee. I bind myself to your word. I don't bind myself to my feelings. I don't bind myself to this world. I don't bind myself to any philosopher, philosophy, ideas. I bind myself to the Word of God. Maybe some of us Christians need to start getting some frontals again. Now, don't be coming in looking like Jews next week. You're not Jews, but frontals on you. Open the Word. See what God says about you. See the words of comfort that He brings you. Seeing the direction of your life. See the plans and purposes are good, not evil, but to bring you to a righteous end. See, read the last page of Revelation after all the apocalypse is over. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. And God wiping away every tear from our eyes. Amen. No more fear, no more sorrow. The former things that have passed away, I've made all things new. Begin to see the promises, the seeds of his truth begin to lay hold of your life. Water them in worship. Water them in prayer. Water them in fellowship. Water them in Christian service. Water them in the breaking of bread, friends. And you will begin to see a manifestation that this world is yet to see. Men and women on fire for God. And living with the confidence that God would want for you. It's not an arrogance, it's a confidence. Because you know that any virtue that comes from this gospel is not from us. So we have no boast. It comes from him. Like, this, like that poor old pikefish, he was free. But he died belly up of hunger. 
I pray for you this morning that you will not die in the house of God or in this life, go belly up because you are suffering from wrong thinking. That you live and die prematurely, die in defeat rather than victory. That God the Holy Spirit would open the eyes of your understanding. You would have a serendipitous moment with him. That maybe you would even right now reach out in your heart and say, oh God, I need to know more of you. I need to bind myself to your word, and I need to embrace that word. And as you embrace the word of God today, as you embrace Christ and all that he says, let me tell you, the fruit of that union, the fruit of that life will become so apparent to this world. And it not just, it's not just for the appearance of this world, friends. It's so that you can live with joy and happiness. You're not just some foot soldier that it's all about the world. No, no. Yes, we have to be about the purposes of a father, but we can't be an older brother not partaking of the fellowship and the joy and the endorsement of our Heavenly Father. Amen. Would you Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.